This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. All right, we are in the final week of our series. We have been talking about uh, King David. And if you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're just going to finish up talking about David. If you missed any of the messages, you can go back uh, on our website, our podcast, also our church app has all of the messages available. You can catch up with us. And so the first week when we talked about uh, and discussed David, we talked about how the, the details around how Israel came to have a king. And then we found out that David was the second king of Israel. We talked about the details around the call of that. And then we talked about the opportunity that David had as it relates to David and Goliath and how he defeated Goliath. Very famous story. We talked about uh, week three. We talked about his friendship with Jonathan. Um, And week after that, we talked about David the poet. Uh, Last week, we discussed the temptation that David faced as it relates to Bathsheba. And um, we're going to be finishing up this morning. I asked what we... What we're going to discuss today, I actually considered talking about in the first week, but I'm glad I left it to this week, and we'll get to it here in a second. So when we study the Old Testament, why do we study the Old Testament? And the, actually, the New Testament tells us how to look at the Old Testament. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 tells us this, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and from how... From childhood, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, referring to the Old Testament, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So as we look and study at the Old Testament, we don't formulate our doctrine by strictly looking at the Old Testament. Our understanding about who God is is fulfilled in seeing Jesus. So as we look at the Old Testament, what we're supposed to be doing is our faith in Jesus is supposed to be growing. We're supposed to be understanding um, who Jesus is by looking at David, that David is a type of Christ, and Jesus is the fulfillment or the anti-type. So all of the things that we see in Jesus, uh, as we see in David, as it relates to what the Messiah might look like, we see fulfilled in Jesus. So as we look at the Old Testament, we see and our faith in Jesus is supposed to grow. Verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So as we look at the Old Testament, we can be trained, we can be learned. Some of what we can learn and be trained about is what to do. David did some really great things, uh, defeating Goliath, his friendship with Jonathan, how he uh, esteemed the call of God, and all the things that we've talked about in this series, and then also some things that we should avoid, like what he went through with Bathsheba, and how Um, all those different things and the repercussions of that. So as we look, we can be trained and we can learn about what to do and what not to do. So there's a lot of different uh, lessons as we look uh, in the life of David. And one of the the keynote um, scripture that we've used that I've discussed with you is Acts 13, verse 36, and it says this, For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep. That David served the purpose of God when he lived, specific to the time that he lived. And this is what we should be inspired to do as we look at the life of David, how he 
is famous and we know him and we know him for David and Goliath and did all of these exploits. Why? Because he served the purposes of God in his generation, not just serving his own purposes, not just doing his own thing. He wanted to follow after God. And so us in our generation in 2016, as we follow Christ, we should want to serve the purposes of God in our own generation. Now, what we're going to look at today is the thing, one of the, the main things as we discuss David, or what he is famous for. And we see it in this same chapter, but in verse 22, talking about David, it says, And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found David in the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all of my will, who will do all of my will. So this is what um, I want to discuss with you today. How is it that we do all of the will of God? Um, as I was thinking about how to complete this series, you know, David had some other experiences. You know, he, um, he provided resources and he gave a bunch of resources so that Solomon could build the temple. Uh, David obviously is Solomon's father. And so there's a great story about that, how, you know, David had this dream for the temple um, but then he didn't actually build the temple, but he provided all of the resources. And then his, sons, uh, his son Solomon built the temple, which we know as Solomon's temple. But David had great provision for there. And then another difficult thing that actually David went through, he really had a difficult time with his, uh, his children. And as I mentioned last week, you know, we see in the scripture um, polygamy, that people having multiple wives. And as, as you look through that, the Bible is not actually affirming polygamy. The Bible is telling us that polygamy doesn't work. Um, having multiple wives um, doesn't work. And as I said last week, on hair products alone, who could afford it? So, um, but that's not my point this morning. What, and so we had multiple wives, and then he had multiple children, and then all of these children started fighting with each other, and then just really bad stuff happened with all of these half-brothers and sisters, and one raped another, and then one killed another in, in vengeance, and it was just a really bad situation. And so I didn't actually want to finish on those stories as we were talking about David, but I want to look at today this thing, a man after God's own heart. How do we do this? How do we reflect this in our lives and see um, what David did and how he accomplished? It says, who will do all of my will? What is the will of God for our lives? Now, you know, this is a, a, a much discussed topic and depending on the season of life you're in, you, we could be struggling with the will of God, uh, you know, about where to go to school, where am I going to go to university, where am I going to go to college, relationally, who am I going to marry, and then when you get, if you get married, uh, when's the right time to have children, and then what career path to take, and all of these things become, I just want the will of God for my life, I just want the will of God, or should I live there, or should I live there, and then the will of God just becomes all about geography, should I be here? Should I not be here? All these different things. But as we're going to look at today, there's, some, there's one aspect of the will of God that will be common to all of us. All of us are not going to take the same career path. We're not going to take the same school path because we all have different gifts and talents. Um, we're not all going to have children at the same time. Some of us might not even have children. All these different things. So all of those different things specific to me as an individual will be different from you. But there is something common to all of us as it relates to the will of God. So let's turn over to Matthew chapter 12. And this is a section of scripture in which Jesus specifically refers to something David did. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 1. And it said, at the time Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. Now this 
is in here specific for a very specific reason. Uh, you know, these early writings were obviously written by Jewish people, and you know, we don't, if you don't have a Jewish background, you didn't actually try to honor the Sabbath day. Sabbath is Saturday. And so this is written, and it's in here for a very specific reason, because on the Sabbath, you weren't supposed to do anything. You were just supposed to rest, and you were supposed to, you know, honor your relationship with God. And there, they were, as they developed the Sabbath day ritual and rules and laws, it ballooned into so many um, rules and exceptions and precedents, just like law is today. I mean, you know, you create a law, and then you have to look at precedent, and if, you know, if there's any lawyers in here, they know this too. I mean, laws grow and grow, and then we need to add more laws because somebody does something stupid, and we're like, I never thought somebody would do that, so I guess we got to make a law. And then laws just keep growing and growing. And it was the same true with religious laws and rules, that they had ballooned out um, rules and rituals as it relates to the Sabbath. So here it's a big deal that they're walking through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. They are breaking the rules. They're not breaking the Ten Commandments. They are breaking the religious rules. You, they're breaking the rules. They're, they're breaking these laws. And so Jesus said, he said to them, Have you not read, verse 3, when David did when he was hungry and those who were with him, and he entered in the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for him to eat, nor, to, nor those who were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath day the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? Question mark. I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. Talking about himself. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord on the Sabbath. So what does all of this discussion mean? What is all of this thing that Jesus walking through the cornfields and the grain fields and they're, they're picking the heads of corn and they're eating them and the Pharisees like, you guys are breaking the rules. You guys aren't doing the right thing. You guys are breaking all of our religious traditions. So Jesus talks about David and he talks about how David and his men were hungry at a time and, and David went and actually took the bread from the sacred place that was offered to God. And so they would bring bread at different times and they would offer this bread to God and then they would bring, you know, a fresh loaf to God because God needs a fresh loaf of bread. And so when this sort of loaf wasn't fresh anymore, David was taking the sacred bread and he was feeding his men with it. And Jesus is doing the same thing here on the Sabbath. He is breaking the religious rules, breaking the laws. It's a very interesting thing for Jesus to be discussing and to be talking about. <clears throat> now, when I, was, when I was talking to you about the laws, how they had grown and ballooned into so many different things, and then they would make a law for this, and they would make a loophole for this, um, you know, there, there were so many details. Let me give you an example. Uh, some of the oral tradition as it relates to laws on the Sabbath. It says, according to the Pharisees, oral law, a person was allowed to spit on rocky ground on the Sabbath. This is an actual <laughs> oral law. So they had a law about how you were allowed to spit. Not if you could spit or not spit, but if you did need to spit on the Sabbath, 
this is what they said. You could only spit on rocky ground. Because if you were to spit on soft ground, you might move dirt and earth, and that would be considered plowing. <laughs> is that wild? So, if, hey, if you're spitting next Saturday, if you're spitting, just want you to know you better not be any dirt, or you're going to be breaking certain religious rules, certain religious laws. And see, this is how religion evolves and, and, and we, we take things that we do and then it becomes the main thing. It becomes the important thing and then people get disregarded. It's kind of what Jesus is emphasizing. Jesus is not, let's break the rules for breaking the rules sake and let's just be all rebels and blah, blah, blah. That's not really anarchy is king. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He is talking about they had created rules in such a way that they were actually disregarding people and the Sabbath was about rest. That The Sabbath was actually given to us, the scripture says, was given as a gift to people. It wasn't given as a thing for people then to try to uh, please God and appease God. But, hey, God, I just want you to show you that I'm resting and that I'm not going to spit in dirt on the Sabbath day because that might be plowing and then you are going to be angry with me. Jesus was feeding his disciples on the Sabbath day and that's, they said, you're breaking the rules. You're breaking the laws, religious rules and religious laws. Matthew 23, verse 23 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe of mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So the Pharisees were so exact on making sure that they were giving the proper amount, the tithe to God. And so they would go and then they would, if there was, is it a mint plant? Would that be correct? There's a mint plant, bush, something. Sorry, I apologize. Horticulture, not my strong suit. So they, were, they would count the leaves on a bush. And they were so exact on the giving of their tithes. But Jesus said, you're actually neglecting the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And he says, these you ought to have done. It's like, yeah, you, you should still give and you should still want to honor God. He's, Jesus is not saying, no, don't give. That's not what his point is here. It's not that, not, that, that giving is also important. But Jesus is saying they are so specific about these things as it relates to their relationship with God, but then they're neglecting, Jesus is saying, the weightier matters of the law. And what are those things? Law, uh, mercy and faithfulness, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And all of these things have to do with our relationship with other people, not just how I'm relating to God and not just how me and God are doing and how well I'm fulfilling the religious rules of my background or someone else's background or what's been offered to me as, as a framework for how my religion or my experience with God should happen. He's saying that you're, you should do this. Yeah, yeah, be exact, honor God, that's a good thing. But then don't forget about people. And this was the issue as they were walking through the grain field. Jesus has taken care of his disciples. And obviously, Jesus would know that feeding his disciples corn on the Sabbath is not actually breaking the rules of the Sabbath. It's breaking the religious rules, but not the actual rules. 
not actual God's laws, because God's laws are there to help people, to bless people. This is what the framework that God gives us. He wants us to be blessed. He wants to, to experience goodness. He wants us to experience life the way he designed it to be experienced. And so we all have these things. We all have these things. If, if you grew up in church, you have these things built into you that you don't actually know are there. Or if you didn't grow up in church, maybe you, you saw church on TV and you think, well, that's how church should be. And so you, from your background, you might have certain impressions of, of building design and stage design and what it should look like and how the song should be sung and how people should dress. And all of these things get built into us from a very early age. And then these things potentially can be more important than our relationship with God. And then also, as Jesus is bringing out in reference to David, our relationship with people. That we can get so enamored with our religious rules and background that we actually start to disregard people and how important people are and how important people are in the mind and heart of God. Uh, 31 years ago this month, my family had a very interesting experience. If you've been around a little bit, uh, you might know the story. Uh, My dad was pastoring um, in the United Church. And in September of 1985, that he uh, preached a salvation message, uh, very distinct about being born again. And within uh, United Church tradition, and you probably have a tradition that you grew up in, however you might want to describe it, whether it's Catholic or Presbyterian or United or Methodist or Pentecostal, we all have our tradition. And if we don't think we have a tradition, that's even a worse tradition. Um, (laughs) But we all have these things. And so in this tradition that we were in, uh, the approach that he wanted to take that morning was that he wanted everybody, we, we had, you know, a big main church like this, and then there was a separate chapel. And so what he was going to do that day is anybody that wanted to receive Jesus, now we have a different approach now, what we do as a church, other churches do different things, great, fantastic, love it, all the different approaches. But the approach that he wanted to take that day is anybody who wanted to receive Jesus, he was inviting them into this side chapel. Now... For that tradition, I'm just telling you, that wasn't what you do. For some other tradition, that's what you do. And that's the thing to do. And so in this moment, in that church service 31 years ago in September, my dad did this. And somebody in the church got up. I'm telling you, this is real life. I mean, this is not a story. I mean, I was there. I saw it for myself. Some, uh, one of the, the board members got up and tried to stop it. So he invited people and people are walking down to go and someone, someone stormed the platform. And don't ever try that here, okay, because I watch MMA and I know what's up. <laughs> don't ever try to walk up here and grab a microphone. Just putting it out there. I won't be praying for you, okay? Um, So in this church, the design, and this this might be church to you. Uh, In this church design, there was a pulpit, a lower pulpit on one side where they would read the scripture. And then there was a pulpit that had like steps to it where my dad in his robe, loved it. Now he's wearing a shirt untucked. Love that too. Um, He would stand and orate as he does, as only he can do. I mean, it was like a full religious thing. And so he was up there preaching, inviting people to receive Jesus 
and he's inviting them to come. One of the guys charges the stage to this side and grabs the microphone. It says, this is not how we do it here. He said, go out the back or go out Earl's way. Calling to a tradition. Calling to a religious tradition. Disregarding the fact that people are there wanting to receive Jesus. All that this man, bless his heart, could see was that the traditions were being broken. The religious tradition. Disregard, though, for somebody that might want to receive Jesus. That the traditions had become so strong in their heart that they couldn't see any. We all have this potential that our traditions can get so strong that we miss our relationship with God. And then we miss the relationship with people that God invites us into. That this, just, this becomes so big in our heart and mind. Luke chapter 10. Anyway, we got kicked out of that church. End of the story. It's... <laughs> he didn't get to preach there next Sunday. Um... I don't have the time to tell you the whole thing. Okay, Luke, because we're, I got to make this, I actually have to preach shorter nowadays with two services. Luke 10, verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up by, and put to him the, to the test. He's, they're going to put Jesus to the test. And when Jesus put to the test, he always came through with flying colors. Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength and with all your mind and your, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he desiring to justify himself, in other words, trying to say that he is fulfilling all of the things that Jesus is saying. Who is my neighbor? So I know you're, you're telling me that, that loving God and loving people is the right thing, but then I just want to clarify. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Who is my neighbor? So what is he asking? He's asking, okay, uh, you understand, at this time, uh, Jews and Gentiles were separate. Like, they would keep the ethnicity separate, and that they only thought salvation was for the Jews. So he's like, so do you, when you say people, like, do you mean, like, really all people, or you, you just mean the Jewish people, right? That's really what you're talking So I just want to clarify who is my neighbor? <clears throat> Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem. And this is, this Jesus? I mean, Jesus, his, this, you can't think of a better answer than this because it's like God in the flesh. Anyway, verse 30, Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. So in other words, this is probably a Jewish individual coming from Jerusalem, all right? And he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest, a priest was going down the road, and he saw him, and he passed on the other side. So this person was there, and he was, he was hurt, he was beat up, and the priest, in other words, someone who's going to offer something at the temple, who was going to do religious things, avoided this person. So likewise, a Levite, when he came, and came to the place, and he saw him pass by on the other side, like, you know, there's the hurt guy, and you're like... I, going around him, you know, like somebody you don't want to see, you like, that's what he was doing. He was avoiding the guy who was hurt. Who is he? He's a Levite. He works at the temple. He does religious stuff. This is Jesus' story. This is the story that Jesus is telling. I mean, he is just getting right 
in the middle. Do you understand this? Of his own religious tradition. His own religious tradition. Forget everybody else's religious tradition. We all have our own. He got right in the middle of their... He's talking against his own setup. But a Samaritan... Don't say it, Jesus. A Samaritan. A different race. A different group. No covenant with God. A Samaritan. As he journeyed, he came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. And he went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring on the oil and wine. And then he set him on his own animal and brought him into an inn and take care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him. Whatever you, you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed mercy. You don't understand? He didn't say the Samaritan. He couldn't even bring himself to say it. Bothered him. The one who showed mercy. And Jesus said, you go and do likewise. See, that the Samaritan didn't have uh, a mindset or a religious tradition thinking, oh, this person is robbed. That must be God's justice. He's getting what he deserves. I'm just going to leave him. He's hurt and beat up. Eh. That their laws were, were thought of in such a way that they actually just disregarded people. And I would say, hey, if you're ever on, on your way to the city church on Sunday morning for a 9 or an 11 service, and there's somebody on the side of the road who's had a car accident and whatever the case may be, and you're in your favorite Sunday outfit, and you've got your offering ready to give, and I'm going to preach your favorite message, and the worship team is going to sing your favorite songs, Stop and help the person. Help people. I'll, I'll be okay. I, won't, I can't believe you didn't come to church on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? I, you, I know, I know you, what, you're just going to help people and miss our favorite in my sermon. You're going to miss my sermon because you're helping somebody, whatever. No, stop and help people. This is when we saying we can get so enamored with our stuff and the, the things that we think are and should be religious. And then we just disregard people. We can't do it. We can't be allowed to do it. We shouldn't allow ourselves to do it. And here's the struggle with all of us. People are a struggle for all of us. Can we agree? And it's, it would just be so much easier if we just had a relationship with God. If God had to just, you know, if Jesus, if it was just love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your neighbor. Oh, your neighbor as yourself. Why did you have to join it, Jesus? Why couldn't I just love God? Why do I actually have to love people? Why can't it just be vertical? Why can't I just come and just worship God and just do the vertical axis and just me and God and you? And I know there's people over here, but I don't like some of them. And we have diff just so many differences and I can't get along with certain people. It's just me and you, God. There is none like you. I just, you know, I'm gonna, I just want to sing to God. I just want to worship God. I just want to do my traditions. I don't want to have to deal with people that I disagree with. Mark, come on up here for a second. Roland, come on up and give me a hand for a second. Who else can I get to help me this morning? Who wants to come to the stage? 
Ari, come on up the stage and help me for a second. Roland, that was you, my friend. Come on up. Femi, come on up and give me a hand for a second. He was trying to hide there. I pulled him up. I need one more person. Do I have a volunteer? Who has ever wanted to see what the stage is like? You'd have been curious. Sim, come on. Okay, sir, yeah, come on. I was going to call you Sim, but he beat you to it. Come on and line up, guys, over here. Here's your chance. Uh oh. <laughs> see, I just want to do the vertical stuff. I just want to do relationship with God. But Jesus included in the whole scenario the love, the Lord, your God, the Lord, and your neighbor as yourself. But here's my issue with like everybody. You know, political, I'm I'm right wing, he's left wing, we can't be friends. I drink Pepsi, which I don't actually drink. He drinks Coke, I'm going to drink Pepsi in forever, but if I were to drink, I wouldn't choose Coke. And so, Coke, Pepsi, we can't be friends. Roland, I'm like, my skin tone is like all of you pinkish hue, you're like light white, we can't be friends. We are buddies, but, you know, if, you know, I shop at Home Depot and you want to shop at Lowe's, I like <laughs> we can't be friends. And I left the best for last. Mark, Ontario born. Can't even stand it. Cheers for the Habs. And he's on our stage right now. I don't even want to let them in the church, people. And he's on our stage. My heart is beating. Leaf fan. Leaf fans. Come on now. Any Leaf fans out there? Hab fans. Boo. Exactly. I mean, the whole church is against you. We can't even be friends. But here in my relationship with God, understanding the gospel story says that all people in Christ. And you can't just say, here's my religious tradition and here's my rituals and here's my stuff and here's you and me, God, and we'll do our thing as long as we can do our thing and as long as it's comfortable for me and as long as the dress code works for me and as long as the, cert, the, the songs work for me then God, we're good. But everybody else, I don't want to have to deal with them. But we can't disconnect the two. We cannot just say me and God, and I I can't get along with my friend here, and I can't get along with my other friend here, and I can't get along with my other friend here, even people that we disagree with and don't agree with and have differences with, the Samaritan. And, you know, and then... (sighs) Even people that we really don't agree with. Whatever your thing is. Even overt sin. (laughs) Which could be a Montreal Canadian fan. We'll find out when we get to heaven. Um, Even somebody in overt sin. Love the Lord your God. All of your heart, your soul, your mind. And your neighbor as yourself. Jesus, who is my neighbor? People. The people. The people that are different than you. People that believe different than you. The people that are different from you. Love them like you love 
yourself. Do you want to say anything before you leave the stage? No, they don't get the chance. Half pants don't get to talk on our stage. All right, thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Here, wait. That's a hard one. That's a hard. Matthew chapter 5. We're almost done. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. So, I'm going to need to find another Habs fan for second service. Can you come back, second service? Because <laughs> I don't want actually any more Habs fans in the church than necessary. <laughs> Matthew 5, verse 23. So, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there you remember that your brother has something against you leave your gift there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother and then come to offer your gift I'm there and I, I, I want G, this, Jesus hey if you want to do your thing, your thing, your thing that actually is good, offering a gift to God, offering a sacrifice. This, the scripture is not against that. We should do this. This is something we should do. But we can't just do the God I love you thing in the comfort of my religious tradition, whatever it may be. Hey, if you're getting there and you're, you're doing your religious thing and you remember that you and somebody have a deal, go and be reconciled. And listen, these are hard conversations. Does anyone ever have to, hard, have, to have a hard conversation? Yeah, you do. Because why? Because you get crosswise with people for a thousand different reasons. But we can't allow those things to just let those fester in our hearts and just engender hate towards some of us because we there is no loopholes for hating people and disregarding people and dishonoring anyone there's no just because you think you do your religious tradition and hey I do my religious tradition and I know God likes me because I do the tradition of which I'm comfortable so me and God are good but you know this person and this person and this person and this person if you are there at the altar and your brother has something against you leave your gift and go be reconciled to your brother go do the people thing go and do the people thing don't get excited about your religious traditions because they are going to pass away and they're like dandelion sports. They don't actually matter. They just blow away with the wind. Last verse, Galatians 5, verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. In other words, the outward marks of your religious tradition, or if you 
have no religious tradition. Maybe you've got pride on the other side. Well, I don't have any religious tradition. I'm that amazing. No, neither of them matter. It's not the outward marks of your religious tradition or you don't have any religious tradition. But only, everybody say only. What's the thing that matters? Faith, working through love. Okay, but that's two things. The only thing that matters is two things. Faith, working through, right? Love, working through faith. Hey, I've got faith in God, but then what is it supposed to look like? Because I have faith in God, it's going to look like love. And you can't separate it. You can't say, I'm going to do my religious thing and to hate all of the other people who don't do my religious tradition. We're, we're again, we're, I'm, God, you and me, we're good. You know, but these people, the different whatever. Faith working through love. Faith, me and God, working through love. What's the two things? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. That's the only thing that matters. Loving God, loving people. And this is something as we finish off talking about David. This is David, a man after God's own heart. To do all of the will of God. All of the will of God. The mission for us, the rest of our lives, is not to see how we can adhere to religious traditions. It is to see, for me to love people. People that I like, people that I don't like, people that I agree with, the people that I don't agree with, and all the different areas of life. Let's just pray this morning. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.